Good morning, and you are listening to The Night Zone on 89.1 WFDU HD3, the student voice of Fairleigh Dickinson University. It is November the 29th, 10 a.m. Eastern Time here in Teaneck, the last week in November. Just celebrated Thanksgiving last week. Just had a packed week of football. Three games on Thursday, one on Friday. There was college football Saturday. There was NFL football all day Sunday. And then Monday night football ended the week with not a great game, but one I'm sure people still watched. And a lot of people do say that, you know, this is really when the NFL season starts after Thanksgiving. That when we get to this date is when you really start to learn real things about these teams. And while obviously that is not necessarily true, I'm sure there's a lot of fan bases that wish it was, we do learn a lot in the month of December about what's real. And December tends to lie to us less than September or October does, obviously. It serves as a precursor to playoff football. And sets everything up for how things will play out in the postseason. And in a lot of ways, December can determine what sort of playoff football we will get. It sets up all the matchups. It sets up who has home field advantage. And it can dictate a lot of the storylines that we will see in January. So, I have made a wish list being... Now we are officially in the holiday season. I have made a wish list of things I would like to see from Santa Claus into the NFL that I would like to see in the remaining month of the season. And the first thing on my NFL wish list for December, let's get this guy C.J. Stroud and his Houston Texans into the postseason. They have become one of my favorite teams to watch. Even in a loss on Sunday to Jacksonville, I still thought he showed incredible poise. The kids got a lot of moxie. And they currently sit just one spot outside of the playoff at 6-5. and And I'm positive, I mean absolutely positive, that Wild Card Weekend would be more entertaining if they were in it. For one... New blood is always fun in the postseason. Um, A lot of years we get divisional matchups in wild card weekend. We see a lot of the same teams. It can feel sort of repetitive. So for a new team in Houston and a new quarterback to get into that weekend, that would be fun. Also, the storyline of a rookie QB going up against possibly Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes in round one with an exciting team is definitely a fun storyline especially when that rookie quarterback has almost single-handedly breathed life into a franchise that has looked sort of aimless for the past couple of years after the Deshaun Watson saga. And it's not just that I want to see them in the game because they're new and they're young. They might hang around and scare somebody in the playoffs because of the talent that they have. They have shown the ability to be really, really explosive, and they've played in a lot of fun games. They're top 10 in scoring, second in the league in passing yards per game, 
And I really do think Houston is a team that could put a team like Kansas City or Baltimore on the ropes in round one if it happens. And then you also have this factor. I mean, I'd much rather see C.J. Stroud trying to lead an offense and trying to keep up with the offenses of a Kansas City, Jacksonville, or Baltimore in round one as opposed to a Steelers or a Browns defense trying to keep their offense desperately in a game. And the good news is for Houston, they are certainly in control of their fate. They have a huge one against Denver on Sunday, who also sits at 6-5. and five. We'll talk about it a little later. Then they get the Jets, winnable. Titans, winnable. Browns, going to be a big one, but winnable. Titans, winnable. Colts, probably winnable, and that's a Week 17 or 18 game. So, C.J. Stroud to get into the postseason. Fun storyline of a rookie quarterback potentially playing against one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Explosive offense and just a new exciting team in the playoffs. Second wish, and let's stay in the NFC, or AFC, excuse me. Let's stay in the AFC and the playoff conversation. And I know I just talked about new blood making the playoffs and how that's exciting. But... I think NFL fans, when they're filling out their letters to Santa Claus this year, we should all wish for Josh Allen and the Bills to get in the postseason. You can kind of sense public opinion has sort of soured on them. People are a little bit tired of them, I think. And it's a good lesson in the NFL in general. You know, two years ago even, when they lost that unbelievable game to to Kansas City, that all-time classic in the divisional round, We kind of saw the Bills as this darling, as this juggernaut that was, you know, just bound to make a Super Bowl one year. Or we talked about them and the Chiefs being the new Brady and Manning of the AFC. And now all of a sudden, when you don't make that AFC title game for a couple of years, when you don't get to the Super Bowl, people can turn on you really quickly. And that's exactly what's happening to Buffalo. But I'd still like to see them get in a wild card spot. They sit at 6-6 six and six right now, and their explosiveness has sort of come back the past couple of weeks. They dismantled the Jets like a good team should, and then they played in the most entertaining game of the year on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. And Josh Allen was probably the best quarterback in the NFL last week. Unfortunately for them, though, they did not do themselves any favors with letting those wins slip away, like to the Jets and to the Patriots, because it's tough sledding the rest of the way for the Bills. Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Pats, Dolphins. Now, assuming that the Dolphins have something to play for in Week 18, the Bills are going to be underdogs in three of five of those games. But here's my wish. They probably have to go 4-1 and one to get in. Maybe 5-0. and oh. I think that would be a lot of fun, though. A team you thought was dead, getting hot at the right time, and reasserting themselves as a Super Bowl contender in the final weeks. Because the way that Josh Allen has played these last two weeks, I think the Bills could potentially be as good as anybody in the AFC in a one-game winner-go-home scenario. Picture Josh Allen leading the seven-seeded Bills into Arrowhead on against Kansas City 
on Sunday night of Wild Card Weekend, riding a five-game winning streak. Who doesn't want to see that game? We also need to see Josh Allen in the playoffs over some of these other QBs. I mean, I can't stress it enough. Watching Josh Allen these past two weeks has been incredibly fun. Even with the turnovers, I think he's an incredibly fun guy to watch. And you look at the quarterback matchups that would currently happen in Wild Card Weekend if the standings remain the same. Brock Purdy versus Josh Dobbs. Jared Goff versus Geno Smith. Might be the best one. Dak Prescott versus Desmond Ritter. That's a blowout. Patrick Mahomes versus Gardner Minshew. Trevor Lawrence versus Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And Tua versus Kenny Pickett. Now imagine some Josh Allen and C.J. Stroud, of course, mixed in there. It would make for a much more compelling weekend. So, Bills to make the playoffs would be fun. Potential first-round matchup could be really, really compelling. They are far more entertaining to watch than a Steelers, Broncos, or Browns team. And the storyline of a Super Bowl contender you thought was dead reasserting themselves in the pictures late, that's always good. Third wish. The NFC South comes down to Week 18. This division, nearly irredeemable. The winner of the division will most likely be under 500 or at best 9-8. and eight. And then we will all watch them as the four seed gets smoked at home by Dallas in a game that will be utterly uninteresting. We saw Dallas do it to Tampa last year. People tried to convince you that Tom Brady was going to come in with some magic and that Bucks team was going to be able to deliver a good game against Dallas. But they did not. And guess what? This year, the Saints or Falcons, they're not going to be able to hang on that field either. So it's two years in a row that the NFC South will make us watch a bad football team in the playoffs. The only way to make up for it, we need this Week 18 game between the Saints and the Falcons to be a win and end game. It's at the Superdome. It could possibly get flexed to Sunday Night Football. You could see it now. Winning in games almost always deliver in the NFL. You can almost guarantee some weird and wacky stuff will happen in the game. We, as football fans, will get to enjoy the dysfunctionality of the NFC South together one last time before they march into Dallas and get smoked in Wild Card Weekend. And you know that the game will be close, tightly contested. There'll be turnovers. Again, Derek Carr will probably miss some throws. We'll have Chris Collinsworth trying to convince us that Derek Carr is still a good quarterback. And the score will be something wonky like 26-22. But I guarantee you, we all will enjoy it. At the very least, it's going to provide good content for the NFL in the final week. And then if we get that game, yeah, it's fine. Go in wild card weekend and get crushed because at least you gave us week 18 so third wish week 18 saints falcons to determine the division would be fun possibly flex to sunday night football only way that that division is redeemable at this point 
Fourth and final wish. I'd like the Ravens to get the one seed in the AFC. This is not anything against the Chiefs. If anybody knows me, I I root for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I think their success is good for the NFL. I also think Patrick Mahomes is one of the more enjoyable athletes to watch and root for that I've had in my lifetime. But I kind of want them to face a bit of an uphill climb in this postseason. The last five, the last five AFC championship games have been at Arrowhead. Mahomes has not played in a road playoff game in the AFC. I think seeing him try to win another AFC title on the road in front of a crowd like Baltimore, who is starving to get back to a Super Bowl and starving for some postseason success, would just be phenomenal television. And the Ravens, historically, have played the Chiefs very tough. They played a classic regular season game in Baltimore a few years back. And can't you just see it with Mahomes? He is the type of guy to completely crush an opposing crowd's soul at their home turf. And we have been deprived of ever seeing that from Mahomes. And it would just be just another peg in his legacy to see him get a defining win on the road against a very, very good team. And I'm always a storyline guy. And Mahomes winning three straight to get back to his fourth Super Bowl in five years would just be something. And in addition to that, I want to see Lamar have success in the playoffs as well. And I feel like he deserves to have that added to his resume at this point. The Ravens being the one seed and getting a game at home in Baltimore to get to the title game is the best chance for that. Also, I'm not really interested. It seems like if it breaks this way, that we could get a Baltimore versus Pittsburgh or Cleveland on wildcard weekend for the third time this year. And I am not really interested in seeing that slugfest again. So my fourth wish, the Baltimore Ravens to get the one seed in the AFC would be very compelling to watch Patrick Mahomes have to go to Baltimore to win an AFC championship and see if he can completely crush that crowd's soul. That'll do it for my wish list. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about college football playoffs and the impending expansion next year. You're listening to 89.1 WFDUHD3, the student voice of Fairleigh Dickinson University, and this is The Night Zone. Back here on the Night Zone on 89.1 WFDUHD3, the student voice of Fairleigh Dickinson University, 1020 a.m. Eastern Time, November 29th, 2023. And can you believe it? Conference championship weekend in college football. It's amazing. We have all these sports on right now, and football just kind of dominates the conversation now until January. And it makes sense. In my opinion, this is one of the best weekends on the sports calendar. All of these conference championship games in college football, it's so great that every major conference has a championship game now. You remember years back, like the Big 12 took a while to get one. The Big East, when it was still a Power 5 conference, they they didn't have one for a long time. And it feels like the perfect end to what is possibly the best regular season in all of sports. And they've become even better now, as a lot of them have become sort of quasi 
semi or quarterfinal games to get into the college football playoff. And it's great when it works out that way. And this weekend kind of feels like it's heading for ultimate chaos. I can't remember a year where teams one through eight in the college football rankings all still have a chance to get into the playoff and all you can make a reasonable argument for what their path is. There are potential scenarios. I don't think anybody has any idea on what the committee is going to do. Like, what if Alabama, Oregon, and Florida State all win? What if Texas absolutely crushes Oklahoma State and Oregon squeaks by Washington? Is Texas going to jump Oregon in that scenario? Could Michigan afford a loss and still get in? Is there a path for Ohio State? I mean, I think so. But most likely, there's going to be a real frustrated and real angry program and fan base on Sunday that felt like their resume was good enough to get in, and they are going to be left out of the Final Four. And what's even more frustrating for them is the fact that next year, they would have had no problem getting in this 12-team playoff that is coming. They'd be in with plenty of breathing room. A lot of people see this as a good thing. A good thing being the 12-team playoff coming next year. Mostly every deserving team will get a chance to play for the title. Less chaos, confusion, less weight on the committee's shoulders, which I think everybody agrees is something that needs to happen. And it'll be very hard for people to be as angry about the 13th team missing out than they would say an undefeated FSU team at number 5 if that would happen. And this all sounds good, right? Like, this all sounds what we want. But is the 12-team playoff really going to be that great for college football? Isn't this chaos that is impending this weekend why so many love college football? Aren't these debates over resumes with fans of rival uh, fan bases that really have no obvious answer and are never-ending arguments. Isn't that what we love about college football? Trying to convince your buddy that a win at Alabama is worth more than two wins over Notre Dame and Penn State. Arguing that the committee is completely biased and that's why the ACC champion is being left out. These debates come because of the stakes of these games and the sort of subjectivity there is to the college football playoff committee. And that, unfortunately, will be taken away by the 12-team playoff. And I want to get this straight right now. The 12-team playoff, those games are going to be awesome. Like, there is no denying that. We will have matchups that we don't typically see. Win and move on scenarios in college football are always fun. And... They will all be pretty solid games, and it'll be a good product. Like I'm, Everybody's going to watch. It's going to be hyped up. It's going to be cool. But I think we're going to lose something in the college football regular season that is so special and unique to college football. Just look at this weekend. Georgia and Alabama would both easily be in a 12-team playoff. That'd make this SEC championship game a lot less interesting. Michigan would have no threat of missing the playoff, and Ohio State would be in as well. They'd be lying there with their feet up, just watching, enjoying a bye week, really. 
both Washington and Oregon would have already cemented their spots. They're playing for a Pac-12 title that outside of people on the West Coast, no one will really remember who won the Pac-12 title five years from now if both teams made a 12-team playoff. Texas, who is playing in the Big 12 championship this weekend, trying to add one last resume win to cement their case, they'd be comfortably in the playoff as well. And this is my point. This weekend should be absolutely awesome. These games might lead to some chaos. And knowing the stakes of these games is what's going to bring us to the television screens. It's why these games have stakes. It's why there's so much buildup to these games this weekend. And the 12-team playoff is going to kill most of that. This weekend is just an example, too, for what I think will bleed into other aspects of the college football regular season. What we love about college football, which it has over college basketball, it has over the NBA, and it has over the NFL in some sense, is every week feels so big. Every week feels like it could potentially be the end to your college football playoff hopes. Take a look at Penn State, for example. Two games a year that Penn State fans always get up for. Michigan and Ohio State. These games are built up on a national level too. As everybody knows, the winner of these games might get to a Big Ten championship or probably will get to a Big Ten championship. And the winner of these games stays alive for their chance at the college football playoff. Penn State knows that Ohio State and Michigan... And winning these games has been what kept them out of the college football playoff. So they know if they win these games, they might get in. And that adds such a level of excitement. And this year, they lost their two biggest regular season games against these teams pretty comfortably. And it's like, whatever. They'd still be in the playoff after this weekend. The school is going to cash that check. And I, I really do think that's going to be a tangible thing we feel during these games. And especially going forward as teams get more use and use to the 12-team playoff. All of a sudden, these games go from must-win battles to, you know, it would be nice to win for the school. would be nice to beat Michigan. But it's not going to be like, we have to win this game to get to the Big Ten Championship so we can add to our resume to hopefully get in the playoff. It's going to be like, oh, we can beat Michigan, so maybe we'll be the 4 or 5 instead of the 10 or 11. And I think when you get into the playoff, that's all that's going to matter. The four-team system is not perfect, obviously. But I don't really think it's broken. Sure, the 12-team playoff games are all going to be fun. But I do think a lot of what makes the college football regular season great and why so many people come back to college football year after year, and why certain matchups get built up on a national level and hyped up all week long, I think a lot of that is going to be lost because of the 12-team playoff. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we are going to be talking some more NFL. You're watching The Night Zone on WFDUHD3, the student voice of Fairleigh Dickinson University. Back here on the Night Zone, let's talk about what we are going to learn in week 13 of the NFL season.
we start with two teams that have sort of followed similar arcs this year and have sort of a similar storyline, and they both have aging quarterbacks who were once considered elite and at the beginning of this year struggled, and everybody was really ready to write both of these guys off and their teams off, respectively. But the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Rams have been riding hot streaks and have put themselves in the conversation for a wild card push. But I do think this is the week where both of these teams fall short and we can begin to move ahead without them in the playoff conversation. But it's going to be tough. The Denver Broncos have made it really hard not to believe in them. They've won five straight. They're six and five. And this week, they get a test against the Houston Texans, who are also 6-5. and five. The race for that final playoff spot is razor thin. And the winner of this game gains a real advantage going forward. Especially when you look at the Broncos' schedule after this. They get the Chargers twice, both easily winnable. New England, Detroit, which will be a tough game. And the Raiders. If they win this one, get to 7-5... and five, It's not unreasonable to think they're able to win most of those games down the stretch and go 10 and 7, 11 of 6. However, if they lose this one, all of a sudden, those games against the Chargers, they feel a lot more dicier. And to me, it feels like we are kind of due for a major rust letdown. Like their offense hasn't been particularly exciting. Or impressive, but they've done what they needed to do, certainly. And I thought this letdown was going to come last week against the Cleveland Browns. But Russ, to his credit, moved the ball well, and they were able to uh, put points on the board against the good Browns defense. But now they play Houston, who I think is a really good team, who I think has a really good offense. And I think that the Texans are going to be able to score on the Broncos, And then we will see the flaws of this Denver offense be shown a little bit more. And they will fall to 6-6. and I also think we are going to learn that the Rams are not really in this playoff conversation. Looked like their season might be spiraling a few weeks ago. They lost to Dallas, got crushed, and then they got crushed by the Packers. But bounced back, edged one out against Seattle... And then they dismantled the Cardinals on Sunday. And they need to prove something against the Browns when they take on Cleveland this week. They need to prove they aren't just a mediocre team whose destiny is to ultimately remain in the the hunt graphic that they show on Fox and CBS during games. Part of my hesitancy to believe in this team is you look at their wins. Two against Seattle, which obviously Seahawks are a formidable opponent, but... It's a divisional game, two against Arizona, one of which came without Kyler Murray, and one against the Colts. So yes, they're just a game out of the playoff spot, but 40% of their wins have come against the Arizona Cardinals. Memories of them getting blown out by Dallas and Green Bay in back-to-back weeks stand out more than any of those wins. So I think this Browns game is a nice test for them. If you lose, you can basically write them off, whatever. If they win, you take a look at their schedule with three games left against the Saints, Giants, and Commanders, and there's a real path to believing this frisky Rams team can get back in the postseason, especially when you look at who is ahead of them. 
The next thing we will learn, the NFC will run through Philadelphia. Eagles 49ers this weekend in a game with massive seeding implications in the NFC. The Niners need it. The Niners absolutely need it if they want any hope of a one seed. But I think the Eagles are going to be able to beat them this weekend. Last week, the Eagles proved again against the Buffalo Bills in what was maybe the most entertaining regular season game in the NFL this year. That they can be outplayed for a half or parts of three quarters and it not matter because they're just able to outlast teams. They gave up 500 yards again. Their usual sturdy rush defense was suspect again. But the Eagles always make the six to eight plays that matter in a game. James Bradbury forced a huge turnover with the Eagles trailing in the second half. The offense converted third down after third down down the stretch. They made passing plays downfield. And then you flip it to a team like the Bills, who aren't able to make those plays. Had a chance to win the game in overtime. Gabe Davis open in the end zone. Miscommunication between him and Josh Allen. Pass falls incomplete. Bills settle for a field goal. Eagles come down. Make all the plays they need to get into the end zone. And a large part of that is thanks to Jalen Hurts, whose confidence and poise you can see runs throughout the team, and it wears off on his teammates in a great way. We're starting to get into the Mahomes and Brady territory with this guy where it feels like the Eagles are going to score whenever they need a big drive late in a game. Getting into the territory where if you're the opposing team and you give the ball back to the Eagles with like a minute 30, you're like, oh, man, this is a lot of time for Jalen Hurts. And the numbers bear this out. The Eagles are 27-2 in their last 29 regular season games started by Jalen Hurts. 27-2. 14 straight wins for Jalen with against teams with winning records. Wow. 5-0 at home this year. And guess what? That's where they play the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. The Niners have won three straight after a middle-of-the-season losing streak where they looked a little bit faulty. They've tightened the ship a little bit. But they have not beat a team as good as Philadelphia this year. Their best two wins are Dallas early in the season and Jacksonville, who has a good record, but I, I think a lot of people are hesitant to put them in the elite or a great category. The Niners have lost two on the road this year, one at Cleveland and one at Minnesota. Rain looks like it might be coming this way in, uh, on Sunday in Philly. And Jalen Hurts always plays well in these games. He always lives up to the moment. You look at the Super Bowl last year where the Eagles needed a superhero performance out of him to keep them in that game against Kansas City, and he made every single big play. You look at last Sunday when the Eagles were down, and Jalen didn't play particularly well for the first half. Second half came around, fourth quarter came around, and he was the best player on the field. And I think that will continue on Sunday. And the last aspect of this, the Eagles are going to be really motivated. And the crowd really doesn't like San Francisco. Mostly because they heard all of the complaining and the talking from the San Francisco 49ers and their fans after last year's NFC Championship. Oh, you guys are so lucky Brock Purdy got hurt. There's no shot you guys would have beat us if Brock Purdy stayed healthy. As if the Eagles didn't absolutely 
dominate the the entire NFL last year and were a holding penalty away from possibly winning the Super Bowl, acting like that game was some sort of fluke just because their starting quarterback got hurt and acting like it was such a done deal that the Niners were going to be able to beat the Eagles at their home stadium in an NFC championship game, a team that has won 27 of their last 29 regular season games. Yeah, the Eagles heard it, and they're going to be motivated. And that crowd is going to be motivated to prove to the 49ers that their team, the Philadelphia Eagles, are the class of the NFC. Lastly, we are going to learn that the Detroit Lions are just fine. A couple of weird weeks in a row for Detroit. They snuck one out against the Bears in what they needed a uh, last-minute comeback, which was really impressive by Jared Goff but still feel like they shouldn't have been in that spot against Chicago. And then they lost to the Packers on Thanksgiving in a game that everybody watched, which is always a tough spot. Now they get a real get-right spot against the Saints. The Lions' defense has really been struggling, especially their secondary. You know what's a good fix for that? Playing Derek Carr and the Saints' offense, which is particularly atrocious and boring. If the Saints are able to make explosive plays this week, then if I'm a Detroit Lions fan, panic button, panic button, panic button. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Lions are going to be able to move the ball against the Saints. They're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to win this game by double digits. They have a veteran quarterback and the right coach to refocus the locker room and shake off a loss like last week. And then the Lions will be 9-4 and on their way to a playoff berth, on their way to hosting a home playoff game. And we're all going to be like, yeah, the Detroit Lions are still fun. They still have a chance to be one of the best teams in the NFC. And they're going to be just fine when playoffs come around. Well, that'll do it for the Night Zone. It was good to talk to you guys about some NFL and some college football conference championship games. It's going to be a fun weekend for football fans in what really is maybe the best time of year for football fans these next you know six weeks or so. we got bowl season coming up. Every NFL weekend has big playoff implications. Then we'll roll right into the NFL postseason and the college football playoff. Well, thanks for listening to The Night Zone on 89.1 WFDU HD3, the student voice of Fairleigh Dickinson University. My name is Charlie Carbonetto, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week.